This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey, <sighs> Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is the true story of a New York City boy with big town hopes and small neighborhood dreams of becoming BFFs with the Real Housewives and other Bravo celebrities. Then, one day, that dream actually came true. Let me take you behind the velvet rope. Hey guys, this is David. Welcome back, Behind the Velvet Rope. Let's just get right into it today because we are joined from... 3,000 miles away by the one and only Miss Amanda Smith. Hello. Hi, the one and only. I like that. Isn't that a nice introduction? I think, you know, I think I might be. Like, my email is just, like, my name. I have a really good, you know, a good name for that kind of stuff. Like, Facebook is just Amanda Smith. No, I didn't mean to cut you off. Now, were you born Amanda with a Z? Because I am convinced you were born Amanda. That's just my own backstory. No, I actually was born Amanda with a Z. And I was named after my mother's mother. So I, my, I had a, a white granny named Amanda in Southern Illinois. Yeah, it's a real thing. <laughs> Does everyone think that you changed your name? And there's no shade in that. I just assuming. Because of where I live in the industry that, you know, I started out in, yeah, because everybody changes their name out here. Um, I'm like, no, I really didn't. I think that because, I mean, my granny was old, right? So that was a pretty hip name for like an old white lady in the, in the Midwest. (laughs) And she had a sister named Ethel and a sister named Dalius. So I'm like, did they just like, like caught off guard and the D turned into a Z on accident back in the day when they were like with their quill and their pen writing out the birth certificate. Maybe it was supposed to be a D and it just looked like a Z. Dallius, Dallius is a cool name. Well, they called her Dally and it just was, I mean, when I was a kid, I didn't think that even Amanza was a cool name. It was weird, you know? And now you're just like, it's a really cool name. Now I like it. Yeah. I might just drop my last name and just be Amanza. <laughs> I think there's nothing wrong with that. I went through a period where I, because I mean, I live in New York, same thing as LA. I went through a period where I decided, I mean, not legally, I just decided that I was going to be David with a Y, like D-A-V-Y-D. I was like a total douche. Were you in elementary school? No, this was like... You're like, like, this was last month. (laughs) This was, yeah, this was like maybe 10 years ago and I just figured like, I don't know, I had like, I don't even know what it was, but like a semi midlife crisis, I guess. And I was like, like, well, it's okay. I, growing up, everybody called me Mandy, which makes no sense because it would be man Z if they were to shorten it. Right. But I was already the only black kid in my whole school. So I also didn't want to be a manza. Like it was like, no. So they would just call me Mandy. And I did, I pulled what you did. Like when I was in the, that wasn't even my name, first of all. So I guess I could spell it however I wanted, but It went from Mandy with a Y to Mandy with an I in second grade. See? That's when I started becoming very edgy. (laughs) I I had like an edgy moment like 10 years ago. And I just, then I was like, well, what is the point of this? (laughs) 
So, but that's great. You have a great name. I love it. So you are not from LA, obviously. No, I'm from the Midwest. I'm from Indiana, a really, really tiny town in Indiana. Um, I graduated high school with 72 people. Wow. 72 people that I started kindergarten with. Um, As I mentioned, I was the only black kid and I'm mixed. There was no ethnicity. It was like black or no, Amanza and white. (laughs) Um, It was on the border of Kentucky and Indiana. So I was basically, I basically lived closer to Kentucky than like the capital of my home state, but grew up very country. Seriously. I've been in Kentucky. I don't know if I've ever, I think I've been in Indiana as well. I had to think, I had to think there for a minute. That's, that's country. That's country. People drove tractors to school one day a year for agriculture day. Like it doesn't really get more country than that. And like 72 people. Wow. Yeah. So did you always say like, I'm going to a big city? Like, did you always know you were like, how'd you end up in LA? Um, I think, yeah, I didn't know for, I, I didn't know forever that I was going to end up in LA, but I know. So one of my aunts was from California. She didn't live in LA, but she lived in California. And when she and her kids would come home, like once every couple of years or whatever, I thought they were the coolest humans on the planet because they had come from California. <laughs> I'd never been there, but it just sounded so awesome. So I always knew I had that in me to like get out of that town. Um, and then I moved to Indianapolis at one point after like college. So that was like, okay, this is a bigger city, but still not quite what I want. And I was just like, F it. And literally packed up everything into a Jeep Wrangler on a Saturday. No, yes, on a Saturday, called my friends. I was like, I'm moving to LA tomorrow. If you want to see me, you have to meet me at like, it was like, uh, what is like one of the Chili's or something like one of the like chain restaurants in the Midwest, meet me at Chili's tonight in a farewell. And I left the next day and I called my mom from like Utah and she was like, you better come in and say bye. And I was like, well, I'm in Utah. So I don't know. Crazy. You're like, I'm on my way. I'm on my way. And I just, and, I, and I've been here ever since. And you never considered moving to New York instead? I actually, at the time, I didn't, but you know, because New York, that was very cold. And I was coming from the Midwest where I was, I wanted to get away from the cold and come to the sun. But then after I lived here for a while, I did a lot of modeling, like back and forth in New York. And I was like, well, I clearly didn't know that much about modeling because I moved to LA to be a model. Um, and I should have moved to New York if that were my big like, dream. But I got the chance to live there um, every other week for about a year and a half when my ex-boyfriend lived there. He was doing like a play. So when my kids would go to their dad for the week, I would fly to New York. And I did that every other week for about a year. So I got kind of like both the best of both worlds, which I, if I can afford to one day, I will totally do that. Living between New York and LA is 100% the way I feel everybody should live their life. Yeah. It's a pretty, it's a pretty cool state. And I, I haven't, I haven't been for so long now. And now because of like everything that's going on, I don't even think you guys will let us there because we weren't smart. And all of LA is like basically closed down again because we were a bunch of idiots that didn't follow. I heard. Ah, yeah. I don't know how somehow New York and like New Jersey are the states that are now more open than a lot of others. Like, I don't know how this has happened. I mean, no offense to my people here, but I feel like New Yorkers are a little bit more smart <laughs> i don't know la is just like there's a lot of young implants here and i think that the younger generation they weren't worried about getting sick and a lot of people don't live with their parents out here because they come from you know all over the place and they just continue to live their lives as normal and now we're all paying for it and i can't believe you guys all locked that down it's insane and you loved LA like you never left since. I mean, other than back and forth, you just loved it right at first sight. I I love the weather. I love all the opportunity. Like I know, you know, before I started doing design, I had gone to school for that. But I know in Indiana, I wouldn't have had the same opportunities in design. One, there's not as there's not really luxury real estate where I grew up. I totally. mean, you can only charge so much to decorate somebody's trailer, you know. So. Here's the land of opportunity. It took me a while, though, to get used to the people, the difference in people. I'm like, 
I love babies and I love kids. And like, I moved here and I'd be like, hi, oh my gosh, I love your baby. She's so cute. And I'm like pinching cheeks and doing the stuff you do in Indiana. And people are like, like, don't touch my baby. Who are you? <laughs> right. They're like, don't talk to me today, please. Don't talk to me. And I, so it took a while for me to understand that not everybody is just like trustworthy and like, hi. And you know, yeah, you what, they won't watch your kids for free. Like things like that. <laughs> like it's not You're like, wait a second. But I've found my group now, you know, I've been here for 20 years and like Mary on the show is my best friend of 20 years. And we didn't know at the time when we met, but she's also from Indiana. Oh, wow. Yeah, I sat down with Mary. She said, you, you guys, you met, you met her and Jason together at a, on a rooftop. Is this true? No, am I, I actually... Am I, I making that up? You, no, almost. You're almost okay. right. I met, I met Mary first at um, like a party, and then we became fast friends, and I had already met Jason, and then I introduced Mary and Jason at my rooftop barbecue. So that's where that... Okay. But it was all 20 years ago, so we all have known one another like for that long. And you guys just, you and Mary just hit it off, like, right away. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, we did shoot, the funny story is she's like, you look so familiar. And I'm like, and I'm not a snobby person. I don't know. I guess maybe I'd had too many tequila shots that night. And I was like, do I? I don't know. Maybe you saw me on like a billboard or something. <laughs> like what? Who says that? First of all, I probably hadn't even done a billboard at that point in my career. So that was just a douchebag thing to say. And she's like, no, you look, do you know um, Eric Anderson? And I was like, oh yeah, that's my ex-boyfriend from Indiana. She's like, I knew it. She's like, that's my high school bestie. And you're a man's, I'm Mary. And I'm like, oh, Mary. Because I would hear my boyfriend talk about his best friend, Mary, all the time, but we'd never met. So then I felt like an idiot. And we were just like this ever since. We moved in together, I think like a month later. We were roommates. Like we've been through everything together. <laughs> that's so funny. And where did you meet Jason? I met Jason and Brett at, they used to have this, like massive mansion on the hill in the hills and they lived there together and they would have like a blowout Super Bowl party every year. And so I, it was the year I had moved here and I, I had a, a mutual friend. I had made a friend that knew them. And so they invited me to this like Super Bowl party and I'm like, okay, cool. So I met them at their house on Super Bowl Sunday, however many years ago. <laughs> and you just hit it off. Yeah. I mean, we just all, we had the same group of friends. So they were just always around. And then Jason and I specifically, like we got closer than Brett and I, um, Brett wasn't quite as social and you know, Jason's a little more social they are both now, but at, back then. And so, and then Jason, you know, he's known my kids since they were babies or their uncle Brett and uncle Jason. So yeah, wow. we just, we're just one big crazy family at the Oppenheim group. Um, apparently, and you are the one responsible, I guess, for Mary and Jason dating that. Yeah, unfortunate. I don't know what is that. Unfortunate or unfortunate? Mm, <laughs> probably point, fortunately. Yeah, at this point, it's a whatever. But yeah, that was my fault. Were you shocked, or are you one of those people who are like, "Oh my God, my like two best friends are dating"? Like, what the hell's going on? I, well, at first, I thought it was the coolest thing ever, and I was like, "Why didn't I ever think of this? Like, this is genius." But Mary was in New York, and you know, we lived here, and so. I literally flew Mary to LA for her birthday. So, oh, today's her birthday, by the way. Happy birthday oh, really? to Mary. She's 40 today. Woo-hoo, she's old. Um, Happy so birthday she, to Mary. I know. She looks amazing, right? So Amazing. I, I flew her out for her birthday so she could hang out with us. And I said, we're going to go to dinner with my best friend, Jason. So she's like, I think I met him like... 10 like 15 years ago at like your barbecue or something right and I was like yeah yeah totally he has a twin brother she's like oh, okay I kind of remember him so we go to dinner and then you know we go home and the next day I had a photo shoot so I had to get up early and bounce but Mary was supposed to be going to the airport and like leaving so I had like a break on my shoot and I'm like standing outside and I call her and I'm like everything cool are you at the airport and she's like 
um, I'm at the pool with Jason. I'm like, what? <laughs> I go, what are you doing? And she's like, I don't know. I think I kind of like him. And I'm like, what? You're crazy. And then she ended up staying like two more days and then flew home to New York, quit her job, packed up everything. And he moved her in with her like two weeks later. And they were, they dated for like, I don't know, close to two years or something. It was insane. I'm like, what is going on? But then when it didn't work out, he was like, here, go live with Amanda. And all of a sudden, Mary and her dog show up on my doorstep. <laughs> I was like, okay, I guess we're roommates again. <laughs> and like, you guys all remain friends through all that. So that says a lot. Yeah. It was difficult at first because when they would have a fight, it was like, ah, oh, like, you know, now Mary's like, you know, living with me. And then if they would have like a fight or something, I'm like, this makes it very awkward to me and I was always team married because I'm like my girl's girl but um I think I had to miss Friendsgiving one year because I was so upset with him at one point and I was really? like I'm not gonna go to his Friendsgiving you can be fine with him I know you guys made up but that doesn't mean I'm still not mad and like they had totally made up but I was still upset so I had to like sit home and eat you know by myself <laughs> that's so funny and you guys have matching tattoos we do and they're terrible they're Mary no, I thought it was cute. It was like, it's small, right? Well, Mary showed it to me. It has meaning, which is nice. This is the, these are the coordinates of the address that we met. So we knew that we could remember the exact um, apartment complex the party was in. And it's right across the street from our office, the Oppenheim office. And so we were like, we're trying to think of best friend tattoos. Like, do we get arrows? Do we get hearts? Do we get part? Like, every, we're on Pinterest for hours. We couldn't think of anything like, you know. I said, I don't remember the date that we met because it was so long ago. I'm like, but we, I do remember the, the apartments, right? The big yellow ones across the street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we Google it. And then the address was 1211 Sunset Plaza Drive. We may have had a little bit to drink then. We were in New York and we, and we maybe were tipsy. But in our heads at that moment, it just all made sense because 1211 is my birthday. We were like, oh, makes sense. it's meant to be. Yeah, so we slapped, we had the guy slap it on our arm, and we held our arms together like this, and then they buzzed away, they, she had a different artist than me, and then we woke up the next morning, and I'm like, oh, mine's upside down. <laughs> so you gotta go like this to read it. Like, I put my arm next to her, so they just, like, mirrored it, and mine's upside down. That's so funny. I only have one tattoo, and I also got it in New York where I live while I was drunk. And I woke up the next morning, and I'm like, oh. So I think that's just the story for most people with tattoos. You're like, this isn't coming off. <laughs> but I love mine. Like, I had, like, a moment of, like, okay, oh, wow, this is permanent. I mean, which it really isn't. Let's face it. You could change anything these right. days, but you never want to get rid of mine. David with a Y? <laughs> no, it's like a barcode. Oh, that's dope. It's like my birthday. That's cool. So, yeah. like, I never want to change it. So, like, it, it all kind of worked out. It makes sense. Your birthday's never going to change. It's never going to change. You up with your birthday. <laughs> like, it's, it's good. No. So, did you always want to go into design? Like, growing up, like, did you always want to be a designer? I did. I actually, I grew up really poor, and we lived in a trailer. And all my friends had, like, you know, they lived in houses. Where I was, where I grew up, if you lived in a brick house, you were rich. Like, that was, like you are rich and all my friends lived in brick houses. And so I would go to their houses and I would see their bedrooms and they'd have like beautiful curtains and like matching, you know, duvets and all that stuff. But my parents would allow me to go to like Home Depot and get like a can or two of the uh, mismatched paints, like super cheap. And so, and like once a year, maybe once a, every other year and I would go home and I would literally paint everything in my room. I'd paint like the dresser and the, the trim and the bunk beds and the, the picture frames. And I just learned how to like DIY things from a very young age. Cause I was trying to mimic what I had seen that I really loved in my other friends' homes. And so, yeah, I just always, I had this vision from a really young age of me being this like hip interior decorator and a mom and like, I would dress in really cool outfits and I would just picture myself like coming home through the door, like, oh, I just came from the job site, you know, like I'm the cool mom. And I don't know if my kids would agree, but I kind of like manifested that. And it, I'm kind of the cool mom now that comes home from the job site. And being a designer, that's like a cool job. You know, that makes, is a 
with all the jobs out there. I think that's one of the more cool ones. I like it. I think it's, you know, I modeled for so long and like, I have a ton of tattoos now, but when I was modeling, I didn't have, I had like one in it cause it had to be, you know, concealed often. But I really, I remember when I kind of stopped modeling or transitioned like over to fully designing, I just was like, Oh, I can get whatever tattoo I want now because I'm my own boss. And like when you're an artist, it's just acceptable, you know, totally. I can have like one day or, you know, wear crazier stuff than when I go. I'm also a real estate agent now though. So like, I can't, I have to tone it down when I do like showings and things like that. But when you're doing design gigs, like the funkier, more creative, kind of the better almost. Totally. Did you love being a model or no? Um, I liked that I could travel, you know, this was before I had kids. Now it's kind of like, I can't be like flying here and there all the time. Um, I like, the money, I was never really that comfortable in front of the camera. Like, I don't know, I would ha I have anxiety pretty bad. And I still, to this day, like I still model some, but it, it gives me anxiety. So I didn't love it, but it wasn't like, I didn't hate it. And did you have like, you know, like the modeling industry could be brutal. Like you could be like horrible for one's self-esteem. Like, did you have all that or just you kind of stayed out of all that? Well, I'm not, I'm only 5'8", so I was never like a runway model, and it wasn't, I wasn't like wafy thin. I was a commercial print model, so it wasn't, I mean, there was competition, but it was more like cutesy, fun, not like high-end fashion, starve yourself type of stuff. So, you know, it wasn't, and I started late. Like, people think I'm a lot younger than I am, but I didn't move to LA until I was 24, so like, I was already late I would lie about my age to like get into the modeling agency and then once they'd sign me and I'd be filling out the paperwork I'm on like I'm actually like a hundred and it was like too late you know but right you're like so they would be fine with it but um so when I came out here I kind of already had a, a pretty good head on my shoulders as far as like not my self-esteem was already where it is I'm not saying it's amazing but it's already like it was already kind of like, the foundation had been laid you know that's good and so how'd you decide to get into real estate? I mean, after all these years of being a designer, so what did I, you decide um, to get into real estate? So I was, I was, I started stage, actually, so I was designing and then um, I had never staged a house before, but I, I'd always heard about staging. I didn't really know that much about real estate, to be honest, but I had heard about staging and I thought it kind of sounded cool because it's like, you go in, you do it like in one or two days, you get paid and it's done like quick a quick amount of money right a good amount yeah. of money quickly. yeah so um but then you you know a lot of times you have to work for a staging house because they have like warehouses full of furniture i don't really have an inventory of you know furniture like sitting around my house to do five thousand square foot mcmansions but uh jason actually called me on board to stage I don't know if you if you've seen this show, but the guy who developed the forty three million dollar house, his name is Jeff, and he's a he's a good uh, longtime client of the Oppenheim Group, and okay. so he was selling a house, and he he wanted to have me stage it, but like just give me the money so I would buy all the stuff and put it in. So it was kind of a different experience, like a different situation. So I was like, heck yeah! So I had like two days to do it, and made a crap load of money, and so I was like dude, this is really like, I want to do this too. You know? So Jason had, he would call upon me to stage like a lot of his listings and stuff like that. So I, that's how I got in with real estate. And then one day Jason's like, I don't know why you don't just get your license because like you're in the office all the time and you know, you know a lot about houses and as a designer, you kind of have an eye if somebody's looking for something that isn't quite there yet. I can maybe suggest like, Oh, well, if you knock out this wall and do this, like, I have like an eye that other people maybe don't. So it's right. a benefit. So I was like, okay, if I can get my license in like a weekend, I will. Cause I don't really like to study or read. <laughs> and so I literally, that happens. and I literally took a crash course on Saturday for nine hours and on Sunday for nine hours and then took the test on Monday and I passed. So I was like, okay, I guess I'm a licensed real estate agent now. Um, and that's where it just, that's how it came to be. <laughs> See, did you ever think knowing Mary and Jason would lead to like business opportunities? Um, I, maybe with Mary, I never thought about it with Jason because you know, when Jason and I, when we first met, he was an attorney, he and Brett were attorneys. 
So yeah, I never thought I would work with him in any capacity. Mary and I modeled together back in the day, like a few times. And I always, and she's very, and she's very good at like, um, styling and, and design as well. I mean, that's not what she chooses to do as her profession, but she's good at it. I think she would be just as good as me probably if she really wanted to go that route. So I kind of always thought we'd maybe work together somehow creatively, but I didn't, I never thought selling houses. Like I never saw myself selling houses. Do you love being a real estate agent now that you've had your license? Or like, do you miss design? Like, do you do both still? Or? I do both. I do both. I do more design, to be honest, right now, because I'm still so new. And then like with COVID and everything, I haven't been able to go out and like procure my clients. You know, I still have to like build my clientele. Totally. So for me, I've been like sitting at home sketching, designing furniture. I'm, I'm doing my own furniture line and... I've just been doing that kind of stuff, but um, I haven't really done any real estate since we stopped filming because we stopped filming the day before. Like my last interview was 24 hours before the lockdown. So we got wow. so lucky. Yeah, we got lucky or else we still would be waiting for our show to come out. And you had season three like in the can. So like that, it all kind of worked out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So season we'll three, August 7th. Yeah. We're going to get into how I feel about the show and everything. <laughs> let's go to the first season though like when you know you're not part of the show and like you know jason and mary these people you've known for 20 years are now on tv like you know did you watch like what were your feelings were you like oh my god jason and mary are gonna be part of a reality show like what were your feelings <laughs> on all of that well i knew i knew that it was happening like i knew that they had signed on to do the show and i knew i knew leading up to it um i wasn't able to be a part of the cast because i wasn't an agent so yeah but it was perfect for me because I was like, I was hesitant, like, oh, these, they can either be really good, the shows, or really bad. And I was like, I don't want, um, especially Mary, because I love her so much. Like, I don't want her to like be edited and made to look anything other than she is, because she's like a total sweetheart, like one of the nicest humans. And so I was just praying that like, you know, it turned out well. But then I actually, I booked a show and we started shooting the same exact week. Basically I was doing deal or no deal. It's like a game show and I was shooting in Florida. So I was gone for like a month and a half and they, they shot for three months. So by the time I got back from doing my gig, um, I was getting an earful cause I was like, well, how was it? Like, what's going on? Like, tell me, because I was shooting like 17 hours, 15 hours a day sometimes. So I didn't really get to play catch up and hear how it was going. So then I just remember like crossing my fingers, like, oh my gosh. And when it dropped, like on Netflix, I like stayed up until midnight and like powered through the whole first season <laughs> so I could see how it was. And I was so happy that she looked normal and sane and, you know, sweet. <laughs> you have the benefit of watching the whole first season before you even knew. So, you know, in a way you knew not really what to expect, but like the, you had like the feel of the show, so to speak. Yeah, they, they, they dipped their foot in for me and then I, before I dived in the pool, you know, or whatever, Adam might have just made that up. They laid the foundation. That makes they, sense. They did the dirty work. <laughs> and you so, already yeah. answered my other question because I was going to ask you if you knew Meghan Markle because she was a deal or no deal girl as well. I didn't know if you guys overlapped, but I guess not. No, I actually, she was on, um, so I was on it 10 years ago. And then when it came back, it was like, what deal or no deal's coming back? I thought that show had like sailed, you know, 10 years go by. And then I was one of three of the old, like girls that had done it before. There's 26 and there was three of us that had done it before. I was the old, like the oldest one on the, on the podium. Like our youngest model was 19. I'm like, I could literally be your mother. It was really kind of crazy <laughs> to like be back and do it again, but I was flattered. But no, Meghan Markle was on the season before me 10 years ago. And so I always joke because, you know, she's mixed too. And I'm like, I was a season away from being a princess. <laughs> Seriously. Season. As soon as yeah. I saw that, that you were, I was like, does she know Meghan Markle or what was Meghan Markle? No. All How? my friends that, I, that, that did it with me, though, they know her. And apparently really? she's very, very, very sweet. Yeah. What was that whole experience like, like deal or no deal? Was it just like, oh, this is an easy gig? Is it like staging? Like this is good money for a short amount of time? Or is it like, this is way harder than you all think? It is, it's way harder than, than anybody thinks. And 10 years ago when I did it, we only filmed um, three days a week, 
like Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and we would do two episodes a day. And then this time when it came back, we filmed Monday through Friday, two or three episodes a day. So it was crazy because we did the whole season within in like six and a half weeks. Wow. So, and we were in Florida, so I was away from my kids for a while. Um, they flew out at one point, but it was just, it was just such a different experience this time because I was, I'm older. The hardest part about Deal or No Deal, I mean, it sounds kind of corny, but like you literally stand there like a statue in the same position for hours in like six inch heels and you're dying. Like your feet are dying. <laughs> Howie Mandel at one point got masseuse, uh, massage therapist, hired them to put them backstage so that when we come down off the podium, like we would get foot massages because people were like dropping like flies. Wow. And you're not really doing much like when you're standing there. So like no, that. You're just standing, just standing, listening. You have to pay attention because if they call you and you don't know what's going on in the game and you open, you know, you got to kind of know what's going on <laughs> or you yeah. look like a dum-dum, but um, it was fun. It was, you, I got paid a really good money to, to go sit in hair and makeup and get all the glammed out and like open a briefcase. It wasn't for, you know, not rocket science. <laughs> I'll take that job any day. Yeah. What is Howie Mandel like? Like, did you interact with him a lot? Yeah, totally. He's so sweet. He's like, like Uncle Howie, basically. He takes care of us. He was very loving and like, you know, concerned if anybody was sick or he would sit and, um, you know, when we would all eat together, he would sit right along with us and he was just super cool. And now he does um, America's Got Talent. And I actually took my kids to a filming and he like brought him down to the front of the stage and let him push the button. And like, it was a whole big thing. They love him. That's amazing. So you get your real estate yeah. license. And then what, Jason says, well, now that you have your real estate license, guess what? Season two, you're, you're part of it. Um, it wasn't, no, it wasn't really that easy. They had, so they had kind of already solidified the cast and they weren't sure if they were going to add anybody or not. Um, you know, so Jason, of course, had a big say, like, to suggest it. This is our friend Amanda for many years, blah, blah, blah. I think she would add a good new dynamic to the show um but i had i still had to go through like a casting process like i had to interview um with the production company a couple of times like extensive like on-camera interviews talking talking and then they had to like edit my interview and then send it to netflix because then netflix is the one that had like the main the final say so you know right so it didn't really matter if jason and them loved me i mean it did to an extent but i had to like win over netflix and they it worked because I got on the show. <laughs> so then when you started like, you know, working and trying to do, you know, like learning real estate, you're trying, I mean, what was harder, like real estate itself or like the fact that there's these cameras, like were the two simultaneous? Everything because, you know, I went from being like, I would, I'd wear sweats and go stage a house because I'm the only one there, like my assistant that I would have for the project or whatever. And you don't have to talk to anybody and you make your own hours and, you know, you don't have to be professional and you just, you just do your thing and you're your own boss. So it went from that to like, okay, I'm professional real estate agent now. And I'm like, I have to interact with people and I need to know, like, I can, I can look at a room, close my eyes and tell you everything in the room, where the painting was, where the lamp was, what color, the like all that. Right. Really? But when it comes to like, this is how many square feet it is. This is when it was first built. This is the school district. This is the zoning. This is the, like all that stuff is like, so when you're doing an open house and there's people just like coming in and they're all asking different questions and you kind of got to know or else you look like a ding dong. Um, and that was really hard for me. <laughs> it's still really hard for me just because I get anxious when they, they ask a question. I'm like, no, don't ask me about the house. Just buy the house. <laughs> it's like a lot different you know there's like it's so different yeah um what was I gonna ask you so when you started working there like did you know all the people that worked at the Oppenheim group I mean like obviously you knew Mary and Jason but like did you know like you know just from knowing them like Christine Chriselle like did you go to their parties or were you meeting everyone for the first time no I knew everyone I didn't know them that well but I knew I had met the only one that I hadn't met was Maya because she lives in Miami, um, 
like half the time or whatever. Yeah. So I had never met Maya, but I had met Heather and I had met, I was actually close with Christine already because I knew her through Mary. Um, Davina, I knew because I worked in the office once a week as a stager and Davina would always be in the office. And then of course the boys, who else is on the show? Oh, Chriselle, I knew her just from um, like when the Oppenheim would have like their Christmas party or the twins would have their birthday party. I knew Christelle from those events. I had met her um, with her ex-husband, but I didn't really know her that well. So did you know Justin Hartley well? No. no I, mean, I don't think any of us did. <laughs> seriously. Yeah, no, I, you know, I actually, I had met him a handful of times with her and I thought he seemed like just the nicest guy, but. Were you shocked, like, when she said she was getting a divorce? Oh, my gosh. We, yeah, we all were. I was in tears. Like, we were all, like, just crazy. Because the night before she found out, like, we had just done, she had done a charity event. And um, she hosted this really beautiful charity event. And, like, you know, he had donated, like, something for the silent auction. And, like, she got up and she gave this amazing speech. And she thanked her husband and doted over him. He wasn't there, but she was, like, speaking so highly of him and we're just always like oh my god they're so cute like they're just goals right and then and gorgeous gorgeous and gorgeous yes um and then it was like a couple days later or maybe the next day something like very quick after that we found out we're like what yeah it was nuts yeah so it's not like anyone in the office really knew like everyone's kind of taken no nobody knew and you know i'm a little bit disappointed because i read i read um an interview by one of our other castmates recently and it sounded as if she really knew anything about that relationship and I have to tell you that's absolutely false nobody in the office knew nobody one time knew anything if they went to therapy no none of that was ever even discussed we knew nothing so if anybody says otherwise they're just talking out their butt (laughs) and I assume that castmate was Christine yeah, it was Christine. And she said it, I don't know what publication, but I, re- I remember I read it and I'm like, we didn't know that. Nobody knew that. <laughs> and if, and if Chriselle were to tell anyone in the office about her um, marital therapy or whatever, that, which she didn't, it 100% wouldn't have been Christine. And I like Christine, but I was really disappointed to see that because we didn't know crap about it. I mean, that would make sense. I wouldn't think that Christine would be the one person she would tell myself. No. Were you, I mean, so obviously with any office drama that takes place, let's just face it, you will always be team Mary because that's your, you have matching tattoos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I so, mean, I will, yeah. I'll, yeah, I'll always be team Mary. But if she, you know, we have a way of, we, we love each other enough that if I think that she did something that's like foul, which she hasn't, um, I could tell her without going away from team Mary, you know? That makes sense. Were you shocked at, well, I mean, because this first season, I mean, listen, the whole show doesn't have that much drama compared to like, you know, like some of these reality shows that exist out there. But, you know, this yeah. whole thing with like Romaine and Davina, like, were you shocked that that became a whole big thing during your season? I mean, look, I totally, a hundred gajillion percent understood where Romaine was coming from and I really honestly didn't think it was that big of a deal like if she you know I really didn't think it was that big of a deal I think it should have been put to bed the second she was told that she wasn't invited to the wedding I don't think it was that big of a deal it's his day and she made him feel like a douche and so like that should literally be all that needed to be said period doesn't matter why I made you feel like a douche but I made you feel like a douche and it's your wedding day so I'm not going okay fine done like the but because our group is crazy, that's not how it went down. Um, it it became a bigger deal because you know the cat was in the bag before Chris, before she knew, and like we all knew. So I understand that that part felt really crunchy for her. Um, but I mean, it's like life is. It's really not that big of a deal, guys. <laughs> I don't know. It's like no. Romain only he only stands up for himself so much. Like he's a pretty cool, like laid back dude. 
this was the one thing that he clearly was not bending. So it's like, just give the guy what he wants. Like one time, you know, like he doesn't, he doesn't really say much. He's just like super cool. It's his were, wedding day. Like <laughs> Seriously. Were you shocked that like, you know, amongst the cast or well, not cast, just like of women, like the whole like double standard, like, let's face it. If like Romaine were 40 and Mary were 26, nobody would probably be saying anything. Nobody with a bat an eye. It happens every day, every, everywhere. <laughs> Seriously. So that just rubbed me as a like, isn't this a double standard in like 2020 people? Exactly. I mean, I have to say, look, I, I'm uh, almost twice as old as Romain. <laughs> but no, he's, he's, for his age, he's so mature. I mean, look, I, I don't have a boyfriend right now. I'm single. My last boyfriend wasn't as mature as Romain in some aspects. So, and he was older. So I'm like, the, the guy's just, I don't know. Age is just a number. Maybe I'm just telling myself that because I'm going to go find some like hot 32 year old. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. There is nothing wrong with that. And then, I mean, so, and what about this whole, you know, you tried to help Heather out, you know, you trying to just be nice and just say like, you know, there's children involved, let's take it slow. Did you think yeah. that would become a whole big thing? Well, no, clearly I didn't. Um, I, and that's funny. You said, um, like when we joined the cast, when I joined the cast, who did, like, who did I know? Yeah. And they always ask me, like, how out of all the girls that you don't really know that well yet, who do you think you'll get on with the best? And I was like, I really think Heather. <laughs> I think she seems like she's really cool. Like she's got these big dimples and she's just like down to earth and she's cute. She seems really sweet. And then lo and behold, the first day that I'm in the office with everybody filming, I say what I said to Heather. And it was like, I'm, I'm like, there's cameras, that, there's like seven, eight, I don't know how many cameras, and you know, everybody's mic'd up, and you're, and I'm just like, stop the train, like, stop, make it stop, because it was worse in real life than what they showed, they edited it, I mean, it was like, she was mad, like, really, and I was, I didn't understand it, we, you know, have since clearly, like, squashed it, and we worked it out, um, and now, I couldn't be more happy for her she just got engaged like we were setting a facetime play date we wanted to have a facetime play date for her stepdaughter or her fiance's daughter and my daughter because they're the same age like we're talking about getting the kids together now we're just like we're just moms together but it, it got off to a rocky start for sure were you shocked were you like wait a second like this is all on camera like because you know that's nerve-wracking like you have no control over oh. the editing and you're yes. there like your first three seconds and you're like, it was my how first am I? yeah, you're like, how am I in the middle of like major drama, which is going to be on Netflix now? Yeah. And the thing is like that day, um, you know, we were supposed to be focusing on, I can't remember who was somebody had either closed a big deal or they were in the middle of like a deal. So they were going to, you know, having this conversation with Jason, like explaining it to him and was supposed to be like a really happy moment. <laughs> and then we were all just kind of talking in the, in the foreground or the background. And then all of a sudden our moment was like, wow, like loud. And they're like, what? guys, we can't even hear. Like we're trying to have this like meeting and we were going at it. And um, I think it kind of took over the whole scene, but yeah, I, when I said it, it was like, it was supposed to be, I don't know. I I'm, I'm like mama Manza to the group. You know, I'm the only one with two young kids, um, single mom, I, I've known everybody for a hundred years. I'm very like nurturing. Like I'm just, they call me like mama Manza sometimes. So I'm like, I'm going to join this cast and nobody's probably even going to like follow me or like me because I'm so boring and I don't bring drama and I'm never going to be involved in any drama. And And then the first day I was like, Oh shit, this is how that happens. <laughs> like you're This like, is how it happens. You're like, welcome to reality TV. Yeah, we all have more drama in our lives than we know. We just don't all have cameras following us 24-7. Seriously, do you know yeah. Tarek? I've met him at uh, maybe twice. I met him at Christine's wedding, um, and I met him at maybe Christine's engagement. I met him at a couple of events. He's very sweet, yeah. I've not seen the girl not smile since, she, well, since the day we had our fight. <laughs> After that. I haven't seen her not smile. They are like gushing over one another every second. It's the cutest, like, it's the cutest thing. 
maybe we'll see him on Selling Sunset in future seasons. I don't know. Maybe. I think it's just because he's on another network. I think it's more that than yeah. not, him not wanting. But um, they have a beautiful spread in people, on people.com right now because they got engaged this weekend on their one-year anniversary. And it was so cute. Like, I'm drinking my wine. My kids are in bed. I'm drinking my wine. I'm looking through. I'm like, look how romantic. <laughs> it was like the most, or no, I'm scrolling through my phone. They were documenting it. It was like a boat and a catered dinner with their pictures on the menu. And it was like this whole thing. And I'm like, <laughs> where's my Mr. Rice? Right. You're like, this is just too happy here. Like, I'm not sure about this. And like, they're, they're again, not that life is all about looks, but another like gorgeous couple. I know. They're like a walking, like Calvin Klein ad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who like kind of besides Mary like took you under their wing, you know, just from like not even real estate, but like a filming of like, come on, this is what you um, could expect the most. Well, Jason, Jason was really supportive. You know, he's like, because he knows I have anxiety really badly, and like, just in the office when we're just doing our regular work, I would just get like this weird like eh, feeling, <laughs> and I just, I almost felt like I was gonna look so awkward on camera because I knew the cameras were there so I just wasn't really being able to be my authentic self always or at least that's how it felt inside um but they were really cool they're like you know we all felt that way for a season you're gonna loosen up eventually you're gonna just totally forget that the cameras even exist which I don't think I ever forgot that um so much that like I would get in my car at night and be like <laughs> like to drive Is home anyone from watching can I take, am I mic'd up? Like, can people hear me? <laughs> you get like paranoid. It's like PTSD. Yeah, seriously, it's from reality. That should be like a category. Well, they have uh, like, if, if you're on like Survivor or Big Brother, like when you get voted off, like they, you go right to a psychiatrist. Like, I mean- Are you like, serious? Like Survivor, I don't know how it works, but like in the back, like I think before you either go on the jury or like, you know, just to like talk it out and- yeah, and Big Brother. Maybe I think. we should. Maybe there, we should get. Um, if we get a season four, we should get a, a therapist. Just an old group therapist. We all just have one family therapy session a week to like keep us in mind. That would be kind of a cool dynamic to the show. Just to be like, this person needs to come in and like work out. Yeah. Who like hazed you the most? Like who was just not as like, come on, we have a new. Was anyone like just like, why do we have a new cast member here? Like, what the hell is this? <laughs> I think that um, because they already knew me and because I'd known the group for so long, I think I kind of sailed by without much of that because they kind of already knew, like, I mean, I kind of came in in the best position. It's like, I'm the new kid, but all of these people know one another because of me. So you don't really get to haze me because <laughs> I was kind of already here, I, I think. Um, but uh, the hazing went on behind my back, I, see, I saw, on the season, but not to my face. So, whatever. Everyone was pretty nice to your face. Yeah. Everybody's always so nice to people's faces. Right. Who are you, close, <laughs> who, who are you closest to in the office besides, like, Mary and Jason? Chriselle. Yeah, we've become really close, Chriselle and I. She's awesome. How is she She's doing? Like, I know she just, like, lost her mother. Oh, I know. She's had a... A bad year. few months, right? Yeah. I mean, she just lost her mom. Um, she lost her dad last year of the same exact um, cancer. So she's had back-to-back -back, uh, family loss. And then, you know, obviously her divorce. But she was nominated for an Emmy. And she's selling houses. And she's... I mean, is doing as well as you could imagine, better than you could even imagine, you know, for what she's gone through. I'm actually going to see everybody tomorrow. I'm really excited because it's a little um, birthday celebration for her and Mary because we missed her birthday. Chriselle was home visiting her family when it was her birthday. So I get to see them tomorrow. <laughs> what are you guys going to do? We're just having like a small dinner at um, one of Jason's houses and just like a small group of us. I think it's everybody except for Davina and Christine. <laughs> and is so Davina and Christine will not be there. I don't know. I don't think that they were on the group text. But and is that because no one's really getting along with Davina and Christine? 
I don't know. I, it's not my party. I didn't make the guest list. I, I get along with both of them, to be quite honest. I actually do. Um, I think maybe there's been some, I don't watch everybody's interviews always, but I've heard like some things have been said in different media outlets that maybe didn't rub certain people the right way. So I don't know, maybe they're trying to avoid that. That makes or maybe sense. they're busy. I don't know. I just, I just respond. I just RSVP. I didn't really. That's good. I mean, I think it might be the former, but that's just my gut. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning in to our part one sit down with Amanda Smith from one of the best reality shows on the air right now, Selling Sunset. And coming soon, part two, where we talk more about her castmates, all that real estate porn. And did you know she dated Tay Diggs for like almost five years? Oh yeah, I ask all about Tay. Stay tuned for part two and thank you for listening to part one. Thanks for listening to yet another episode of Behind the Velvet Rope. Because without you listeners, I would just be a crazy person with voices in my head. And if you like what you hear, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe on Apple Podcasts under Behind the Velvet Rope. And when you're done subscribing, feel free to leave a five-star write-up review because the write-up reviews actually count. We read each and every one of them. We post the best ones and the reviews really help our shows keep going. And we really appreciate everything you guys say, especially the positive ones. And if you want to find us online, we're at Behind Velvet Rope on Instagram. We are at David Yontef on Instagram. We're behind the Velvet Rope on Apple Podcasts. Or head on over to Patreon, because you know what? There are just some things we can't talk about here. So for our bonus episodes, go to Patreon and type in Behind the Velvet Rope. And if you still aren't sick of me and you want more David, go to Cameo and book me on Cameo. And you can ask me anything there. I'll answer whatever you want. And I have a bargain basement price of $10. Thank you guys. See you soon.